Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to the last preseason Supercoach team preview. And we finish it today with the defending champions. We started with a team favoured to go back to back to back. We got the Penny Panthers, and I had to bring on the great man, Nom. Nom, how are you, mate? It's an honour coming in for one of the biggest previews of the preseason. Look, it's it's one of those teams that there actually isn't too much to preview. I think everyone knows a lot about this team already. We know who to target. We know who to potentially avoid. But this is such a fascinating team this year, only because if they win this year, if they go through like we think they're going to go through, this is a chance to join the all-time greats if they're not already there. So let's get right into it, Norm. Let's get into the starting 17, because there is, for the first time in a couple of years, a bit of turnover here. So we start with the fullback, Dylan Edwards. The wingers, Brian To'o, Taylor May. In the centres, Isaac Tungo and Stephen Crichton. The halves, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary. The front row, James Fisher-Harris, Mitch Kenny, Moses Leota. A back row of Liam Martin, Luke Garner and Isaiah Yo. With the bench, Sonny Luke, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lanou, Zach Hosking. So, Norm, right there, you can obviously see there is quite a few players that have now moved on. There's no Apisai Corusau. There's no Viliami Kikau. Two very, very big influential guys in this team. To me, we have to start with just, even though there's all that turnover in that four pack, this is still easily the best one to seven. This from the fullback to the wingers, the centers, and the halves. It hasn't been touched. Young guys come in like Tungo and May last year and still really put on a great show. This is easily the best back line and halves, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, in the halves, you got Nathan Cleary. <laughs> um, you know, he's probably the best player in the world if that hasn't been said already. Um, Jerome Luai is his sort of partner in crime. Um, and the back line, you know, mile, miles of sort of yardage. But what's interesting is, I guess, I've been thinking is what is going to be the impact on the halves without uh, Api Coruscant. Great segue, Norm, because we go straight to the number nine, because to me, I covered it in the Hookers podcast. I think that everyone is penciling in Mitch Kenny for 80 minutes here, and I think that there's a good chance that may happen. But I actually think Sonny Luke is the guy. I think they've groomed him. I think he is a young Appy. Uh, I think, you know, you think about Rabbit's Appy, he's right around that point, a couple of seasons away from it. This is a great chance. You look at the way uh, Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary play, with the way Coruscant played last year. Mitch Kenny is definitely more of a get the ball out early and get it to the halves, whereas Appy, you know, like to play with it a little bit, like Sonny Luke. I think there's going to be a slight drop-off to start the season because it's just so new. Even though Mitch Kenny mm-hmm. played a few games last year, that, that combination have to, has to get strong. But it's not going to surprise me at all if we look around 15, 16, 17, and all of a sudden the 70 to 10 minute split now goes to uh, 40-40, uh, 50-30, something in that range there. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting predicament. Like you said, Mitch Kenny, he's sort of more defensive hooker. Uh, where Sonny Luke, he had a massive performance in the sort of state championship last year. He's very much more of an attacking style hooker. Um, so, you know, what's, what does that mean for the halves? You know, is sort of Nathan Curry going to, you know, get even more involved in the game if we have Mitch Kenny there? Or, yeah, it's just so many sort of questions, uh, which uh, would, would be definitely see, definitely interesting see, 
to see how it unfolds. But, you know, where the game is going, I think Queensland, Australia, Panthers, they all won uh, won the respective sort of um, uh, big games with a one-two punch with hookers. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think it, you have to go high hand in hand. He has Mitch Kenny's getting dropped into a very nice situation with his forward pack. Hasn't really changed in terms of the props. You've got James Fisher Harris, Moses Leota, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lanou, guys that can really go through the middle. I think Lanou came on really, really strong last year. We've been wait, kind of waiting. Um, you know, there was probably two or three seasons ago, everyone thought Lanou was going to be what Leota is now advanced in that starting rotation, but. I think he's really found a niche coming off. Once those forwards are a bit tight, he can really make a punch through the middle. It'll be interesting to see what James Fisher-Harris does this year. I did cover in the props um, podcast. I do think that he might scale back a little bit, uh, keep him fresh for the end of the season. Uh, but we move on to the back row, Don, because this is obviously the big hole where Kikau has left. So Luke Garner is going to step in there, and he will probably, I assume, start in that 12 jersey. But they also brought in Zach Hosking, who, you know, had a really nice uh, couple of moments with the Broncos last year. Obviously, getting up there in age in terms of not not a spring chicken by any means, but someone that I think was a very smart ploy by the Panthers to go, if this Luke Garner experience doesn't exactly go the way we want it, we can plug in Zach Hosking and have no problems straight away. Yeah, um, yeah, massive hole with, uh, yeah, Kikar leaving. You know, he was sort of running those... Um... Uh, as he was got running behind almost the center line, he was going out the back to kick out. He even had that sort of cut out past the wing. Um, yeah, I guess not only what happens to that sort of uh, second edge, second row edge forward role, but also what will happen to Luai's output. You know, without kick out there, he's sort of big go to. Um, what would that mean for his super coaching output? That would be very interesting. What happens on the left there? Mate, you're very good on the transitions today because we go straight <laughs> from that big hole that he leaves to does he go straight to the centres? What is going to be the makeup of this back line? Because obviously Tungo and Crichton did switch around a couple of times last year in terms of where they played on which side of the park. Does that mean that, you know, that Jerome Luai side, there's more bullets to the to the centre and that opens up opportunities for the winger? I think the back line, I think Brian Toto is obviously, you know, going to be drafted, you know, First two rounds in a draft league, he'll be very highly owned early on. He's at a very nice price point in Classic to start the season. Between Tungo, Crichton, and May, which of those guys are you leaning on here to go, These, this is going to be the guy this year that I want to see my claim on and really watch and own this year from a Supercoach perspective? Yeah, it's a tricky one. So Tall and Crichton, I'm assuming they'll stick to the right edge. Uh, I mean, Isaac Tungo, will that mean he won't have to run those sort of... Um, sort of hard lines at the line more and more more to him. I mean, if he gets a lot of more of the sort of uh, behind out the back ball straight to him, then I'm definitely interested in him because he had already had a quite a decent sort of base output. And if that means more tries, I'm all over him. Yeah, I think exactly right. He he was being used a lot more of, you know, coming in on that hard line on that seam to really open up that space for kick out. But if all of a sudden now he's, you know, and he ran that line beautifully. If now he can now perfect that one going out the back and sweeping it around, he's already shown he's got nice hands. He can get on the outside of someone. I think that's there's a real chance he has a good season. He's obviously not dual this year, so he's a center only. But for me, I think he's a very nice pickup. I think that when people will sleep on him. He might, you know, end up being around six to nine pick. 
Um, but if you want a Panther, I think he's a very, very nice option. We'll move into the bench, Nom. We'll go quickly to the bench because we've already kind of mentioned quite a few names there. Sonny Luke, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lanou, Zach Hosking. When you look at the reserves, it's still guys that can come in and do a job in terms of the forward. You've got you know, someone like a Chris Smith, Eddie Blacker, Lindsey Smith, Matt Eisenhuth. And the guy I want to mention here is Tyrone Peachy, who was the man who came over in the Charlie Staines trade. I have been thinking all off-season, you know, I'm on my walks or I'm doing research for the podcast. Why would the Panthers, who are so smart with their recruitment and each player has a particular role on this team, why would they get rid of, you know, obviously Charlie Staines had maxed out. He wasn't going to beat Taylor May. You've got a couple of guys coming through who have already passed him. Why would that... Why, out of all the players on the Tigers, would the Panthers say, give me back Tyrone Peachy? What's your thoughts then? On where do you think, do you think he's going to sneak into the 17 somewhere? And is this just literally a bit of a, you know, he's a jack of all trades during origin period or during a couple of, you know, rest periods, we can bring in Tyrone Peachy to play a bit of center, a bit of hooker, a bit of lock. What's your thoughts there? Yeah, I don't know. With I guess with you know, Mitch Kenny now sort of being the starting hooker, I'm not sure if he's going to be that sort of, Super sub 14, potentially, like a Kurt Man, or whether he's just sort of outside, so he's more of an 18th man sort of coming in for for Origin and all the buys that, uh, not the buys, sorry, just like all the sort of rep rounds. I have, yeah, I have no idea because I guess Tyrone Peachy, you know, he, that's what he was supposed to be brought on for, for, for the Tigers last year. He was supposed to come in and be that sort of um, super sub or sort of roaming 13. And I, yeah, I don't know what he can add to this Panther side because I haven't seen the best of Tyrone Peachy in a very long time. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, like I said, they, they don't bring players over for the sake of bringing them over. So there's obviously a plan there. So he's just the one I want to mention because, you know, there's going to be guys that are sitting on your waivers for weeks and weeks and all of a sudden a guy comes in and averages a 55 and going, Where, what the hell has happened here? I think Tyrone Peachy's got the potential this year to be, he's not even on anyone's, you know, I do my big, draft board of you know 300 players i guarantee he's not gonna be on the 300 uh, but he's gonna be someone who i'm gonna definitely be looking at the waivers and seeing how he's being used in new Wales cup if he starts on the bench watch it from there the last guy i want to mention in the reserves obviously you were the nathan cleary owner in our draft league last year uh you had a bit of sean o'sullivan in your life when cleary wasn't playing no sean o'sullivan this year jack cogger's come back into this frame so jack cogger is now the backup half for the panthers so we have seen him at the Dogs and the Knights previously. I'd say a fine player, you know, can do a job. But similar to Sean O'Sullivan, you bring him into this Panthers team, into this system with these coaches, might be worth a handcuff because if you've got Nathan Cleary, especially as you're getting towards Origin, some of those ones where they might rest him, I think Jack Hogg is going to be someone that, if from a draft perspective, you want to just keep tabs on and make sure you keep in the front of mind. Right, Nathan Cleary only definitely do need a handcuff towards the end of the season because the last two, I've drafted Nathan Cleary and he's got he had one shoulder one season and then he, you know, pile drives someone else in the other season. So yeah, definitely need a handcuff there. Before we get into the guns and the avoids, there's two more players I want to quickly touch with you on here. So the first one is Dylan Edwards, uh, the star fullback. You know, can he stay on the field? He proved it last year he could and had a great great season. When I think about him, you know, and, you know, does his game always transition to super coach? Last year, it definitely did. He, you know, scored a bunch of tries, had some assists. I actually think that 
he will average more than Jerome Luai, who I've faded quite a bit in our 5 podcast. I don't have him as a top 8, 5 eight. Uh, I think he's been passed by quite a few guys. I think the play would actually be to prioritize Dylan Edwards as a fullback over Jerome Luai as a 5 eight. What's your thoughts there? Oh, 100%. I mean, with Jerome Luai, he's very much... Oh, he's uh, he's sort of his base. His floor is very low, and even when he does have his um, ceiling games, they don't come often enough for me. Whereas Dylan Edwards, he's more of your sort of um, you know more what you're going to expect from him. He's going to have three hundred meters. Um, he's not that sort of playmaking fullback, but you know you don't need him to be, and he will still sort of pop up at sixty to seventy. So yeah, I'm all over um, Dylan Edwards. Let's get straight into the guns and the avoids because the first gun, it's unquestioned. It's Nathan Cleary. If anyone's heard the podcast throughout the offseason, this is the Nathan Cleary season. This is going to be the Dallium getting that last piece of silverware he needs to complete his collection. It's going to be a run for the three-peat. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a huge season. I think Origin is going to be an absolute beast. I have a feeling this team is structured all around him. I think there's two priorities this season for the for the Panthers. Get through to the finals healthy and get Nathan Cleary a Dallium. I honestly believe that. So I think on question number one, he's going to be first in your draft league. He's going to be the first player picked in your team picker for Classic. I'm all on Nathan Cleary this year. The second gun is Brian Tall. I think he's coming at such a nice price in Classic. You have to get on him early. I think in terms of a draft, you know, there's guys now league norm. I think he actually did go first or second round last year. If there is a way he can slip in a third round, which I don't think will happen, but you know, I would love to own a bit of Brian to all this year. And thirdly, look, we say it every year. It's not really that flash. Isaiah, yo, he's only get the job done. He's a guy who doesn't, you don't have to draft him high. He's going to be sitting there rounds four, five, six, I think you're nab Isaiah Yo and you're happy with it. Is anyone out of those three you would change or add there? No, I think you've pretty much nailed nailed all the top three. But that said, I think you know their backline. You know, if you can get a May, you know, look past his suspension or uh, Isaac Tungo there as well. I mean, that left side is still you know premium, um, you know premium property in Supercoach. Well, I'm happy that you mentioned that because. I've actually got a slight avoid on Taylor and May. Only oh. because I think uh, I think it's pronounced Turova, the, the Fijian who we saw at the World Cup. I think, you know, from everything I've seen, everything I've read, he's a guy that is very close to first grade. And I think that the the off-season stuff for Taylor and May hasn't helped. Uh, he obviously had that injury late last year. I think it was a ha- he did he pulled he pinged a hamstring pretty bad. Look, if he gets injured, let's say round three, he pings a hammy again. He's out for four or five weeks. The young fella comes in, tears it up. Is it the same thing as the Charlie Staines and Taylor May last year? So why not just want to look at I still will own him. Don't get me wrong. If the draft position is still there and he's there at a nice price, I'll pay it. But just a slight, slight one there. The second one would be Mitch Kenny. Uh, only because I think, again, Sonny Luke is actually the player you want there, potentially later on in the season. So... I'm pretty high on sashing a Sonny Luke and skipping a Mitch Kenny. And the last guy is Luke Garner. Only because there's so many different guys that could play that 12 role. You've got guys like Hosking, Sorensen, Peachy, 
Chris Smith. There's so many guys, and I think it was such a low bargain buy that it's not like it has to work and they're going to force it to work. If they don't like what they're seeing, they'll just change it. So those will be the three guys I will probably fade a tad. What Anyone else you would look at there? Yeah, no, I think the biggest red flag you mentioned there, Luke Gunner. I mean, you know, one would think he slots into that sort of um, um, kick-out role, but you never know with there, there is a lot of sort of other ready-made replacements in this team. Well, there we go, Nob. This is the team that I think will go through the season. They'll win a third straight. They'll have the Daly M. They've got the best player in the world in Nathan Cleary. I think that this team... They've got some losses. They'll probably lose a couple more this year. There's talks that Stephen Crichton is the next man to go here. But again, I just think that the way they're, they're breeding these players down at the foot of the mountains, that this is going to be the team to beat for the next couple of years. Easy. Yeah. I mean, I think I need a cold shower now after your Nathan Cleary talk. But um, just while I've got you on, how are we doing that sort of draft order? I wouldn't mind nabbing that sort of first draft pick again this year for our competition. To me, the the first draft pick this year is critical. I think if you, yeah. I do not want picks two through like any it, picks two to six don't matter to me. They're the same. There's it's one Nathan Cleary. There's one Nathan Cleary this year, so I think it's definitely going to be whatever. However, we do this draft order, it's going to be <laughs> very very telling. And I think everyone out there who's doing draft, take Cleary. Don't be silly about it. Don't overthink it. Just pick the best player in the comp. That's what you need to do, guys. 100%. We'll leave it there. Nom, thank you for coming on, mate. You've jumped on a couple of these off-season pods throughout. You've helped me out a bunch. We're about to get into the uh, regular season. We're about to draft. Time is good, mate. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. We'll hear from you soon. Cheers.